Okay, so we're live with our special edition class. Right now we only got one holy brother in the house, so it's, it's going to grow. And uh, it's exciting because it's important. We need to do this. This is something that's needed right now, being that there were sirens going off very shortly. And, uh, you know, we got to fill that energy like with some positive flow. And uh, here we go. Let's do it. So uh, this is an opportunity for us to sort of go ahead no matter what, be live, be connected. And we began with being proactive. That was the original class in a whole different world in a sense. Like that was before, you know, we had a long time period of saying BC, before Corona. Now we're going to have before this crazy last three days that began on Simcha's Torah, before war. Exactly. And uh, this is intense. Like, this is the real thing. We don't have to do intros because we've done that. We had some quality time together this recent Shabbat, and it was really special and needed, um, and Yom Tov as well. It was a special time. And I'm still appreciating all the gifts that I got during this time period. But at the same time, I'm realistic that, you know, we, we, we're we being challenged in a big way right now. Uh, I've even got my top on. It says gratitude. Got to have an attitude of gratitude to do this. Yeah, that's what it's about. So, uh, you know, I, I was doing my sukkah, like packing it away. Thank God, just before the rain came and a knife went straight into my wrist. Now, my wife's Mangan David Adam, she came running. Blood was like pouring out. My son was sleeping on the couch, recovering from everything that's been going on. And he started freaking out. And, uh, but at that moment, my wife held it and he was sleepy. He was like, whoa, blood flying. And, uh, she held it at the right place. And it, thankfully, she was, the pressure caused it to no longer have an issue. No more blood. And I have a gratitude of attitude, and actually a gratitude to my soulmate. And that's a big part of what we're talking about, the intimacy, getting into the right flow that we don't get messed up by the current, you know, pressures of feeling like, wow, everything's so doom and gloom because we have a bigger picture that there's there's people in our life, people we care about, and there's what to do. You know, we spoke about being proactive. Relationships is not going to happen by us just like... Uh, you know, texting, as we mentioned last time, or, you know, recently over this time period, I, I had, a ch I checked out a Netflix whole thing. I've been like skipping through it to see if there's anything worthwhile on sex education. You know, that whole, I don't know if you've seen it, um, probably a waste of time, but um, it's good to be in touch with where people are at. You know, I, it's very sad and it sort of in some ways hints towards where we're at, like in all different ways that there's such a low level of spirituality and relationships nowadays and people are just seeking gratification which is a very low level of intimacy and that's one of the reasons why we're doing this course to try get us to go to a higher level we've talked about being proactive doing something making choices making the right choices and now we're going to talk about the end in mind the end in mind this is a very appropriate title for where we're at right now as a people you know, the end in mind is is a very important principle from Stephen Covey, but it connects into the next level because it's the concept of mission statement, having goals, having visions, having dreams, 
when we last time met, we were in the B'nai Akiva, World B'nai Akiva program, and there they had a mission statement on the wall. I don't know if you know it off my heart, but it was something very positive about the Jewish people in the Holy Land. And um, that's important that that should be in your mind and in your heart if you're in this program, that it's something real for you. And that gives you structure and focus to build off everything else that you have a foundation. Why are you in this program? You could say, oh, there's, you know, pretty women or, you know, good, good schedule, good events, good staff, best staff, especially that Eddie Goldsmith guy, etc. You could say that, but that's, but the real, the real point is that we have to have a mission statement, a goal, a bigger goal, a bigger vision of what we're here for. And that would go for the B'nai Akiva and Mechina program, but that will also go for all of life and especially in your home and especially in your heart, you know what you're here for, per, your personally, your own personal mission statement. And, spe, and even more so as a community, you know, because we have to really realize that the community right now needs us more than ever. I mean, we can't ignore the current situation when we're talking about intimacy. I was even looking up in Alakha if, if you're allowed to even be intimate during time of war, which is in itself a question. The concept is that the time of war is a time of sorrow, a time of suffering, and intimacy should be done in a time of joy and love and connection. And to sort of ignore that and go off into your own intimate world, whereas there's a whole community in pain and suffering, it's not really right. So um, we can sort of all understand that intuitively, um, that this isn't a time so much for intimate focus. And that's one of the things that the world will never quite understand, especially nowadays when they're so focused on self-gratification and then you come to Eretz Yisrael and you live it in a different wavelength because now it's about a, the bigger picture, the end in mind, the, the, the goals, the dreams. What's this land about? What are we fighting and defending ourselves here for? What are we live putting up with this? As Shlomo Katz said this morning, he said to every one of us at the table, he said, all of you, could have lived much more comfortable, easy lives back in London or in uh, America, in New York or in Australia or wherever it was that you came from, South Africa, South America, all the different guys in the program who will send the audio to, that the idea that, that you had that opportunity to connect to that light. And that's a real thing. So every everybody in their own way is able to experience this um, energy that um, we're discussing right now, because it's going to have to come up from within. You're going to have to actually sit down. Back in the day, it would be pen and paper. Yeah. And right now, if you're at home or in your dorms or wherever you are, if it's not pen and paper, then you need to type it out. If you're not typing it out, then you need to do it on your phone. But write down what is my mission statement. I know mine very clear. It's about United Souls, Unity Bookings. It's all about bringing unity and bringing souls together. That's what I'm engaging in right now, um, using my platform to reach out to people to do kindness for just one chesed so that they should get support and be able to then provide around a million dollars worth of equipment for the reserve, for the um, all the different miluim that are going up. And there's hundreds of thousands of them, as we know, on the way to Aza as we speak. And um, another one is to use my platform to be able to help the local community right now where I'm at in a frat. And that would be the, the ideal for me to be able to be a scene or a pipeline for kindness 
and the gratitude, as we as we say. And that's the idea of having a mission statement that then emboldens your life. Now, for a relationship, yeah, if if you see, say, on these programs, people just want casual experiences where they're just hooking up, like we spoke about, hooking up culture. So then they're not really going to have any goal or dream other than one goal, which is pleasure. Um, right now, with all the pain and all the the turmoil in the world, I don't think people are in that mindset right now. I, I, I judge people favorably that they have gone through, especially in the program of B'nai Akiva, that you've had the opportunity to go through a Rosh Hashanah, 10 Days of Tshuva, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Shemini Yetzirah, and obviously a disrupted Simchas Torah. But nevertheless, you had that whole spiritual flow of this past month. And even though we would have liked to finish off this holy month in the positive, happy way that we've begun it, but it nevertheless right now is really, you know, let's just say the last three weeks were like training for now. They were like getting us into the right mindset so that we could now be in our full game when we're being challenged right now in the current situation. So um, if anyone who, I don't know, right now, anybody, anybody want to reach out at any point to discuss this more, how they can develop their mission statement, how they can develop their own personal mission how, right now, currently in the current situation. Obviously, acts of kindness should be out there, caring about other people, asking how they're doing. Um, if you have unique talents, like to teach, teach something. If you have a unique talent to paint, draw, draw something. Right now, my kids have been drawing and painting. You know, that's very important to use the creative sparks. Personally, I'm a musician, so I'm going to hopefully put some time in the next few days, try to play some music, go out there, give to the people in that need food, drink. You know, there's a limit amount of food and drink right now in the supermarkets. So they're looking for people to go work in the supermarkets, Jewish people, because of the current lockdown and the Arab neighborhoods, because of everything going on, security issues. It's very sad, you know, that we've able up until now to have Israeli Arabs and Palestinians working together in our community. And now because of the acts of Hamas, we no longer have that ability. And that's really, really sad that we lost that. And um, yeah, I just, whew, it's intense. So the, the full flow we're going to send to you as an audio, but the idea of intimacy and begin with end in mind is one of the most relevant things. Because if you have a goal in your relationship, it will go into a whole nother level. You have to understand because your soulmate or the other person you're connecting with also has hopes and dreams and visions. And it takes a conversation. It takes communication. It takes sharing it. It's not just about you writing it down now or typing it, or it's now about you communicating to another person and tuning into what is their value system? What is their goal system? You know, one of the things I said, I mentioned about Joe Rogan, I would love to go on his podcast just to give him clarity that a lot of his beautiful things that he does and success that he's has comes from the fact that he does have a vision, he does have a goal, and he has a soul. And human humanity has a soul. I truly believe that the main reason of this war is because people are not connecting anymore as souls. They're connecting as, you know, jealous, jealousy, a place of jealousy and greed and power and corruption. And if they're connecting from that low part of themselves, so then they're no longer 
connecting to another human being in a more elevated way. And therefore, it's going to lead to all these kind of conflicts that escalate and escalate and escalate. And if people would once again be able to tune back in to, I'm going to do this, for example, this defensive situation that we're in right now, but I'm going to do it with, with the values, with, with goals that are soulful, that means we're not just going to indiscriminately kill everybody or cruelly like they've been doing in the border. We're going to actually do it with this, with the right approach, with a high level of morality that's going to lead us to succeed because we'll have God's blessing and we'll be able to put down all our enemies in the most effective way without needing to then have power and greed and jealousy and domination and all these negative traits. We'll have ability to get done what needs to be done in the cleanest, most successful way. And that's an example of applying the end in mind, this, the goals and dreams of the Jewish people and, and the state in a higher level so we can achieve a higher level result in everything we're doing and how we run the economy, how we, how we defend ourselves, how we communicate. There's an opportunity for all of us to experience this situation in a, in a better way, how we approach the, the, the fear. So we've been learning from Rav Shlomo Katz, for example, if you go to the Rambam, we have, thank God, emotional Maimonides. We have books of Torah guiding us how to deal with these situations. He says in, in, in the Muhammad's Mitzvah, the idea of the concept of, in Hilkas, I think, Malachim, the idea of the war situation, that we have to understand that that war situation is an opportunity for us to work on not fearing, not getting letting fear take over us, as Rav Shlomo was saying, to work on not sharing content that brings more fear, like all the crazy footage that's going on. Obviously, the world needs to know how barbaric and cruel these people have been to us. So we need to make that, get that to them, to the world in general. But for our own children, for example, there's no reason for us to share with our children like this concept of fear. And it, it's not it's not something which is going to help them in any way. We're not going to get like a better result from our children because they are more scared. That's not going to help anything. So our job is to to realize that our our support and our love for our family is what's going to give them the strength to be able to go through this time. And that could be even family outside of Israel to try and explain what's been going on, to give them a bit of clarity. And this sharing of, of this larger picture of having an end in mind, having a larger goal, giving a, a higher vision for our people, for our community, for our relationship. Everything would be experienced in a better way. So I, this previous Shabbat, I had the pleasure to have a few of the guys here at my table, and we discussed some of my stories from my past, my journey to the Holy Land, and, you know, even in the Holy Land, and, you know, I wanted it to be, you know, enjoyable. I wanted to share parts of my life, which I feel guys, young men can relate to, including myself, like I still have that side of myself, but also to realize there was a goal to it. The goal was when I went out to those parties with my old friends in the stories that I told was to connect with the souls that I was with them, was to be able to unite with them, to bond with them so that now we're in this crazy situation I'm still in touch with them and they're supportive. There's a relationship. I didn't just bail on them and become this fanatical religious guy in Israel that has nothing to do with any of my fans and family from back in the day. 
I made sure to be connecting, to always be available, to make time when they come to other terrace as well, to go out my way, to see them in Tel Aviv or wherever they are, and to spend quality time and connecting time with them. And so now those, excuse me, relationships are established. We're going to have some water. Those relationships are established in a strong way so that I don't lose my connection to these beautiful souls. And then now we're, we're, in, a, we're in a place where we need help, like literally, because as I explained before, we need to support all the all the miluim, all the people that are going up for service. We need to support the families that can't work. Like there's a lot of people who no longer have their jobs available right now, currently, and we don't know how long that's going to go for. Plus, there's a certain lack of resources because of, you know, the whole country is on its head right now. So we and we need to provide for the soldiers as much as food and resources as we can. This is an opportunity for all those people now who've kept a relationship to now to give back and to to show that they're in a safer position, even though there is crazy stuff going on in the rest of the world as well. Anti-Semitism is rearing its ugly head. But we have to realize that because we had a larger goal in these last however many years to maintain those relationships and do good PR and connect to people back to the Holy Land, so now they're able to reciprocate and give back. And this is an opportunity for us to show the unity of our people, and not just in Israel, but the whole world, that we're souls and we have a vision. We have a, a deeper goal to be kind, to be caring, to be compassionate. And this is the kind of energy we'd want to bring in our intimate relationships as well. And once again, if it wasn't a time of war, I'd go much more into the intimacy focus. But it shouldn't be the focus right now. It's not, unfortunately, the ability, even though this is certain rules and guidelines that are applicable in intimate relationships, because in order to have that true soul connection, you have to be sharing the same values, the same the same soul mission. You, know, you can't just get into a relationship and think that it's just about the physical and emotional somewhat because the problem is you won't have that larger vision. And this is something, once again, it will set you up for life. It will set you up for a great relationship with your spouse, if you're meritorious to have that kind of relationship. You know, nowadays there's so much confusion about just basic stuff, like what is a man, what is a woman. Being able to, to create a relationship of a man and woman relationship of a mashpia, a makabal, as we mentioned last time, someone's giving and someone's receiving, this concept is being confused because of all these gender issues. A lot of external aspects of physicality have come in and made a priority of something that in the past was just clear. We just knew what the basics would, it, everything just worked the way it should generally. And that was like an easier process of relationship. Now we have to get through a lot of, of confusion, a lot of noise before we can get to the clarity of knowing what we are. I know I'm a man. Not only that, I'm a Jewish man. Not only that, I'm a father. I'm not only that, I'm living in the Holy Land. Not only that. And you start to clarify, clarify again and again all these principles. And if you're not a father yet, I want to be a father. And I want to have a family. And I want to build a relationship. I want to have goals. that I want to be in the Holy Land because I believe in the, the mission of my holy people and that we have a mission for this world and we can only fully achieve it over here in Israel. And therefore, I need to have defense because there's people against that so the concept is so what you'll say but how does that work again with the beautiful energy of of unity Chaim, i already made a blessing because united souls i mentioned in my most recent class the unit of unification process of our people in the world is going to come through clarifications again and again it's called burim in hebrew burim 
clarity, clarify again and again, just like you write to your mission statement. You're not going to get it right the first time. To clarify again and again, clear and clear vision of who you are. So too, as a people, clear and clear vision of who the Jewish people are. So too, your community in Efrat or Migdal Oz or your community, wherever you're you're chilling or doing your crew, what your crew is about. Yeah, your your workplace. Everything needs to be clarified more and more. That's what I said these last three weeks. Where Shani Yom Kippur Sukkot is a clarification process of getting clear and clear of the truth of who you are, who's your soulmate, what you're here for, getting it clear and clear and clearer, and that end in mind focus, that ability to have goals. Now, the important important point that Stephen Covey throws in that to help you with this is one day you're going to have people giving you a hesper. Yeah, he thinks literally the end in mind. What's the end in mind? The after you've passed away from this world, after 120, right now, you know, we just had sirens going. I honestly, I was in the shower. <laughs> I was getting showered, ready to get in a car and go drive my way to World B'nai Akiva in Mechina, in Migdal Oz. No one had told me it was cancelled. No one had told me you guys weren't there. The last message I got from your crew that you're all going to be there, all ready to go. And only just before I was about to leave, the siren went off. I was just showering. My daughter was screaming, get out. And I was like, no, I'm in the shower. I finished off the shower, got dressed. I got the message. No one's around. Okay. So that's why we're doing it online. But the idea, so that was a mistake on the, or whoever's responsibility was to tell me that they, yeah. Yeah. So that person might be in the army. So we're forgiven. Yeah. Because he's doing his bigger duty. He's trying to save our people and everything else. So we'll let go of that, that that didn't work out. But the point is that, thank God it was just in time. The siren came. I was able to, I prayed Mincha. And now I'm sitting here talking to you dudes. And you'll get the audio, as I said. So you're going to get the opportunity to connect into the flow, no matter what. Because the determination is there, one, on my part. And two, like, I'm I'm understanding that there's a there's a mission for me in this world. So even if... Just say this is off the book. Say they don't even pay me because I didn't walk into your institution and you guys weren't there. Okay, but I'm not here for the money. I'm here for the bigger point. I'm here for the fact that we're laying down certain guidelines. One, it will help you. It will help me too. Yeah, I didn't even go to a short dub minka because I once I made that decision, I'm with you guys. The minka, I'm either dubbing earlier or I'm going to dub Marv. So I start to work out my life in a bigger way with a bigger goal system. When that's one of the things, that, for example, the Torah is a big help because it gives a lot of guidelines. But each person is going to have to do that alongside the Torah, with the Torah, with themselves, with their own personal skill set, with their own needs and energy, With that, and especially now in a relationship. You're going to have to really think because another person, I mean, we already said the other day that a woman is an Amacher. We mentioned Pasha Sazinu. Now we're in Barashas, you see, it's true, they're a different nation, but right at the beginning of the Torah, we see, after we've read the whole Torah, now we're at the beginning, with Beresha, right at the beginning, you see that Hava was taken from Adam, that Eve was taken from the ribs of Adam Arishan, the first human being, and they're, they're really Basa they're really from the same source, but there's a certain uniqueness that a woman has and nothing else in creation has, that completes the man, the soul connection, that oneness. And we see in Barashas, they become one flesh. They become one entity and that manifests as children or 
souls that are being brought down through the connection done in the right time in the right way with the right person and that's an understanding of relationship that is very deep and profound and it's in the Torah it's right at the beginning so it's not a good for man to be alone that's straight off right from the bat the first mitzvah is Puravu connecting to your soulmate yeah now we can make a joke about Puravu we could say you know I'm really into Puravu that's my mitzvah yeah but the point <laughs> I'm just joking around but the point is that yeah, it's a mitzvah, and if it's done right, it's the holiest of mitzvahs, and it's the, one of the most powerful, profound experiences because you're a partner in creation. You're a procreator, and this is very deep. And to take it and just turn it into some TikTok Cardi B dance about, you know, how wet whatever is, excuse my language, is taking something which is so holy and turning it into the lowest, like, form of physical expression of very low level pleasure instead of it being something which is soulful and it's so far from its source and its goal and its cause and then you have a world around you where there's people who forget the beauty of life they forget the importance of life they're no longer valuing life they're no longer giving honor to women the way it should be and i don't just mean in the secular world the what happened in with hamas the raping and the way they they disregarded the holiness and sanctity of the women that they captured to, to, to disgrace them publicly and celebrate that in the most disgusting way, the way they were abusing children and old people. This is where they've lost all the values. There's no, they, they say it in the name of God, but that's not God, as Rabbi Sachs so wisely wrote. He wrote a whole book on this, that everything they're doing is not in the name of God. They say it's in the name of God, but that's nothing to do with God because God is godly. God affects us. In, a, in our actions, in how we Im, Im, imitate or represent godly, godly midot, godly character traits, we become a godly person. And therefore, we would never, a godly person would never do something so disgusting, so, so subhuman. And then the whole religion of what they're, they're disgracing their religion, they're disgracing their people, they're a disgrace to the Arab world. And they need to be destroyed by their, not just by the Jewish people, but by the Arab world should be disgusted with them. That they're, they're not, they're not worthy unless they change, unless there's some form of, of repentance on their part. The way they're behaving and the way they're acting as a nation, uh, or they call themselves a nation, not even a nation in, in, in historical sense. The way they're acting as a terrorist organization, a terrorist organization needs to be destroyed. We need to call a spade a spade and, be clear. Once again, clarification of ourselves. Once we know who we are and we have a relationship with God that we realize and we're clear with our soul, then we can be clear that the people around us who are so anti-soul, they, they're not just to get anti-Semitic, they're anti-soul. They're anti-soulism. They're against the soul of humanity. And therefore, they themselves, as, as it says in the Svarim, evil will destroy itself. They will face destruction in a, in a, in a healthy way in an effective way that's good for humanity because there's always going to be some sort of negative presence of of evil in the world and it needs to be taken care of it can't be ignored you don't have mercy on it this is a time now to face that evil and deal with it and this is a time each of us in our own self need to face the the lack of values that we've taken on in our life we've taken on wrong values this is a wake-up call for all of us as well because if we truly were being truly true to ourselves, to our vision, to our purpose, then there wouldn't be this power of, of evilness affecting us in such a strong way like it is right now. So all that's a wake-up call.
to all of us. So I basically, to end off with a clear vision, all of us need to do the work. We all need to sit down and clarify, what am I here? What am I sitting in Israel for? Why am I in this place of danger? Yeah, one of one of the guys said on the way to, to our mill, but, you know, the soldier said back to him when he joined the army, this is such a SHIT hole. Why would you come and give up? So that's obviously a proof that these people do not, even in their own our own army, they don't even know why they're in the army. They don't even have a clarity of, of, of what they're doing here. That it's not just about, you know, having a nice penthouse and a nice Tesla and fancy clothes the way that social media and, and movies make out as if that's the life. It's about the soul, the values, the purpose, the relationships, the, the real content of a person, the, the, human, the human vision that we need to have as humanity, that we're not just here for just physical gratification, we're here for a bigger mission. And that, that once again, that influences everything you're doing. It lifts up. Once you get that goal system in place and you've worked hard on it, it lifts up, elevates every choice you make. So then you can be more proactive in an effective way. And then we'll get to the, the next concept. We have another 10 minutes. So when we get to the next concept of, of living effective and time management, how we apply our goals in dreams in an effective way. That's going to be the next session we're going to do. We'll catch up with this one, whoever wasn't there in person, either through the audio or through the in-person experience. But we're going to get to a place where we're going to allow ourselves to, to apply this. And what Stephen Covey calls this is personal. He calls this a private victory. This is something which is personal between you and God, between you and yourself, to really get clear, me, myself, and I, to really get clear, what am I here? And this is a private victory. You can celebrate this. Once you get it clear that you've made good choices, that's being proactive. You've got a goal, mission statement, goals, vision, dreams. You know where you're here. You've got clarity of thought. So now if a situation comes up like we're in now with a war, we know that we're here for a purpose. We're not just here because we ended up here by accident, God forbid, it just happened chance. No, there's a purpose. I'm here for a purpose. And then I have clarity what to do about the difficult situation we're in. And that gives me energy, motivation. It gives me the right guidance. I know now how to apply all that good advice that I'm tuned into because I'm clear about what I'm about. And then third, now I'm going to slot it into my daily schedule. So you'll say, but right now the schedule's off. Yeah, we're in a time of war. Okay, so we're going to talk about that next time. Hopefully the schedule won't be a time of war. But nevertheless, we can learn from this time of war that if we have good habits, if we've set ourselves up for victory, for success in our personal development, then we will, in a time of war, also have that kind of schedule. Yeah, that we won't be distracted from our goals. We won't be distracted from the relationship in front of us. We'll know that the priorities, what our priorities are, are family first, and connection with the people around us and to do kindness. And those priorities will guide us even in this time of war once again. So then we won't feel lost. We won't feel helpless. We'll say, no, 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 I have what to be busy with. Even now, when my, my main job is not functional anymore, I'm only doing side things and side projects. And this, even the supermarket's not functional and and the, the, the community's not functional. We were meant to have a children's event and that got canceled. And people are now like Corona days are back online doing these kind of Zoom things. 
you know, but yeah, I have a habit. I'm ready for this. I've trained for this. My whole life has been about getting to this point. Like my, my son said, everything he's been doing for a year and a half in the army, yeah, he should have Shmira Eliano, and all our soldiers should have heavenly protection. Everything thing he's done has been about this moment now, that he's up there in Lebanon border. He was meant to go to Azza with his unit and Sederot, and has been, unfortunately, many of his unit have been killed already, sorry to say, and it's a real disaster zone what's going on. And in Lebanon, they're throwing rockets. And he was meant to constantly be moving down, but each time they delay it because there's what to do up there by Hezbollah and the other problem, problem areas. So he's been kept away from the action in Azar. I kept thinking he was on his way to Gaza because that was the instructions, but it kept being delayed. And this is unfortunately some of the lack of clarity that goes on in the army is one of our weaknesses, I would say. But nevertheless, he... It's ready to go. He's, I, I, he came on a video chat not so long ago. He's got the full equipment. Everything's ready. He's ready for war. And it's just a matter of when and where and what. But um, we pray for all those people. But that clarity of knowing that he's put in the time, a year and a half and more, a full dedication, and not just that mentally, emotionally, physically, knows how to shoot, knows how to do all the different tra- strategies and tactics. But it's not just that. It's the mindset. He's, he's focused that he has a mission there. He has a mission as a firm person, someone who keeps, who, who has a Muna and a Shem. He has a mission to pray and to connect to God and to realize that he's on a heavenly mission. And that's a whole other level of being a soldier when you have that system of spirituality to guide you in that position. And that's one of the reasons they say that the, the Dati parts of the army, the religious parts of the army, spiritually focused people are generally very high accomplished soldiers because they have a their whole mind the whole game is focused like if, if you go into like joe rogan's had many different fighters on his on his show and his podcast and you go there and you see the who are the successful people the ones who have very disciplined lives yeah the ones who were able to box till they were in their 40s and win titles how did they do that because they were focused in the most intense way on their mission, that they didn't have time to party, they didn't have time for hooking up, they didn't have time for as their, their end game was totally there. They knew what they were here for. The most successful athletes, the most successful UFC fighters, like the the the, the goats, the goats in that world are the great of, greatest of all times of people who knew what their purpose was and their mission was. So they didn't get stoned and pissed and drunk and and distracted by everything and everything. They were able to focus on their game and they were the ones who became the greatest of all time. Yeah, we could go through the list in every sport. Yeah, I've got one of them on my head, Michael Jordan. Yeah, Kobe Bryant. You go through every sport and list off the GOATs and look at their lifestyle. Look at how disciplined, how focused, how they knew what their goals were. And every day they were up first thing in the morning, ready to do their mission, ready to do what they were here for to the highest and highest levels. And even when they moved from the sports, they brought it into their game, into everything else, into business and into into their family. If they're really focused and they hopefully achieved success with their own with the next generation. And the idea that this these people are the goats because they're the goats of life. They're the goats of knowing their mission, their goal, their end in mind. They And we mentioned before the idea of a Hesper. We just touched on it. In the end, every one of us, and this will be the end point, everyone's going to have to face 
the concept of that we're not here forever, that there's there's an end game. And all of us are going to hopefully get the opportunity to achieve our goals and mission. And we're going to get to that point where we look at our mission statement and we'll look at all the different goals and rules and things we try to live up to. And we're going to say, tick, 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 tick. I did it all. Like a recently a coach in business development made me write out on a Google sheet all the things I want to accomplish this quarter. And I wrote it all out. And I've hopefully I can actually say I've ticked it all. Have I got the success financially that I'm also hoping for? That is still being decided. And hopefully the next few weeks we'll have some good news somehow or another. But otherwise than the money side of it, everything else I've done, I've done all the effort, all the ish all the all the ticks are there. And after 120, you want to be to say, not just the ticks, you want to be to say the relationship was there. You're not going to worry about how many hours you put in the office or how many hours or how many girls you hooked up with or anything like that. The only thing you're going to care about after 120 was how was my relationship with the people I love. That's what you're going to think about. How much of a legacy did I leave them? My wife, my children, my spouse, my soulmate. How much of a legacy did I leave the next generation? How much... How much of a better world is it thanks to my time in this world? What was it, what did I contribute? These are the kinds of questions you're going to think about. It's a much higher level game. And this, this is something you need to bring into your mindset, even as a young man, not in a net, in a pressured way or in an unhealthy way. Obviously, according to your age and your maturity and your abilities right now and your awareness and your knowledge and your understanding everything according to your level. Yeah, remember, we're judging everyone favorably. Hashem's judging everyone favorably generally, except for those people on the border. They need to be wiped out. But everybody else, yeah, they're judging favorably. And the idea that we constantly have to be honest of ourselves. And I'll tell you one more point as we end off. This right eye was given, yeah, the right eye was given to look at the good in others. This left eye was to look at the not good in in. In, in yourself so you can become a better person. That's what Simcha Bunim Peshiska said. You have to use all the different parts of yourself to evaluate yourself in the best way, but you also have to now think, what can I do with that? That's the kindness aspect. That's the one, the proactive that we started the whole thing with. That's the beginning of all relationships begins with kindness. And the, the key to relationship is kindness, constantly seeking out the benefit of another person, giving to them. Even the intimacy itself is kindness. To understand on the deepest level, it's kindness. It's it's a tense form of connection and pleasure that needs to be done in the right way, as we mentioned, in the right time. So I think that we've pretty much covered a lot of important points, and especially now that we're in a war situation, we have a little bit more hope, a little bit more clarity of who we are, what we're here for, and each of us needs to put that down and clarify. Me personally, I want unity. How can I make unity with the people down on the border who have tried to kill us? The answer is their destruction. That's their unity. They're, they, they've already discounted themselves from being able to unify. Unfortunately, very sad that human humanity, there's parts of it that does that. But that is part of a reality. That, and it's in the Torah. There's Amalek and there's nations that need to be destroyed. That, and that's it. Okay, so we finished over here. I'm going to send out the audio. And I want to thank everyone who joined me on the Instagram we uh that I just put in a little bit. I just we're gonna post a little bit of the audio over there. Uh the full audio will go on the IG stories. Remember, there's a lot of amazing courses that we're doing right now. Um causes, excuse me, the idea of just one chesed, or you can reach DM me directly and I, I'll be able to get to the local community here. You know, this is real life, this is real stuff, this is a real war. 
This is a time for our values, our goals, our dreams to now manifest in kindness, in goodness, in caring for each other. And with that ability, that hope, that ray of hope that comes out from the soul of humanity, we'll be able to restore peace in the land and we'll be able to have our borders safe again, not just here in America as well, in the whole world. Everyone needs to have those those borders, those those lack of borders is what's causing so much grief because we need to have the right boundaries. We need to make sure that we're clear of what we're able to do and what we're not able to do. And a uh, big blessing to all the Bene Akiva guys who are sending us out audio direct to them. The intimacy series will continue, hopefully, as once the war quietens, we can focus again more exclusively on intimacy. And um, we'll get into some more stories and fun times as well. And uh, it's just this, you know, big prayer that everything we're doing right now is for the safety of the soldiers, all that should be a merit and the safety of our people. We just had sirens going off less than an hour ago, right here in a missiles landed in Beitar, not far from here, and have caused damage and maybe even uh, casualties. Um, and this is, we're going through real stuff here. This is life or death. So everyone needs to step up. Everyone needs to remember we're here for a purpose and live that purpose. Once again, reach out how you can do something about it. Let's make this world a better place and let's get rid of this negative energy that's been in the last few days and turn it around into only good news. Amen. Thank you. Sharon. Much love. Appreciate it so much. It's like we're all... I want to welcome everyone, like one with World Bene Akiva. Why is it called World Bene Akiva? Because you guys are coming from the world, is that right? I mean, I assume they didn't call it that just because they wanted some globalist agenda or something. I think they were trying to like bring together the Jewish people globally. And one of the ways to do that is how you, as we said, brand yourself. Each of you have your own personal brands. We're going to discuss today, we're going to go over what we mentioned last week. I put it up on the Zoom and I recorded it. End in mind. You ever heard of this concept, end in mind, having a mission statement? And that goes together with the concept of a brand. Like everyone here needs to know what their purpose is. Otherwise, even though you're young, fair enough, like I was 18, I was still working out. Like it doesn't mean you have to have it sorted, but you have to have some sort of like idea of direction, what you're doing. All of you, including me. And like, right now, like, yes, brother. Right now we're in a situation where we're faced by people who totally know what their mission is. Like Hamas, Mahshaman, they know what their mission is. They have a mission. They've been planning this for years. Everything that's going on right now. Obviously, like, it's not going completely foolproof because they're... That, you know, as great as mission anyone can have, there's going to be challenges, and they're having theirs. You know, but the po and we, we pray for them to fail and all their mission and all their plans to fall apart. But what we experienced a week ago, and you guys were all in my community, you were all in Shirat David, is that right? Everyone was there? In a frat? Yeah. You saw me with my nice big furry hat, yeah? Weren't expecting that, I'm sure. Unless you've been checking me out online. Yeah, the furry hat, the strimal full get up. So that's a story in itself how I ended up there. I don't know if I got into it last time because we were talking about relationships. I wasn't talking about Hasidut or anything like that. Um, because when I come with you guys, I want to talk what's going to be relevant for you. If you're interested, you have questions, we can go into anything. We can talk about anything. 
But um, my, my focus, at, the, at least the first part of the class, is to get a certain concept out there. I want to touch base with where you guys are at. Like, I'll be honest, I did some serious research the last month. It was pretty painful, I have to say. Yeah, he, I love the fact that this guy's laughing. Because he, he's, he's thinking, you know, this is an intimacy class, so what does it mean, research, yeah? Uh, he's still laughing. Good, good. I, I want to make you laugh. We need to have some humor right now. And one of the ways I did research in the intimacy topic, obviously, other than being married and having a wife, is um, I did research in, in, in what's, where you guys are being like, fed from the media, which is probably the most popular streaming app is Netflix. Maybe there's competition, Amazon Prime, or there's other people out there who are doing pretty good content. But as far as I know, the top on the list of what people are streaming nowadays is, is Netflix. Is that correct? Yeah. Probably the biggest streaming app. So I went onto there and I had a look around at what discusses intimacy. And who would guess, no, no cheating, who would guess what did I, because he, he might have heard my class, maybe some of you listened in anyway. But I don't care if you know it. If you know it, it makes me happy that you were listening last week's. But what was I researching? What was the Netflix series that would fit what we're discussing here? Huh? Sex education. Thank you, brother. The, oh, perfect timing. The man in Quetta, T-shirt, Airways, and he just watched the last episode of the fourth series, so I know what I'm talking about. And uh, it got to the point that even Eric wants to become a preacher. That's how much I know. Yeah. Okay, he's the gay dude, yeah? Okay, anyway, without getting into all the characters and all the storylines, because it's, it's not the point of this, what we're doing here, I took out my time. Now, I had to, obviously, fast forward many times, because it, it does give you a warning of sex and nudity, and, you know, I, hopefully with the beard and the sitsis and the strimal and Chavez, I'm not watching the sex and the nudity. It doesn't really go together, yeah? Um, you understand that? But... The concepts, like the, the mindset, haven't been well, sorry man. The mindset of Netflix to like focus in on intimacy in that way, especially the fact that it's called sex education, is already showing us. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're discussing sex education. You know what that is? Of course I do. Yeah. Ah, yeah. This holy man, yeah. So look, we're all in it. I have to say, I have to give you guys credit. Like, Hashem, some of you guys know what this series is about on Netflix. But you've also had Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Simchas Torah, which we can combine together. Yes, brother. We can combine it together with Shmi Yetzirah. You've had a war, a real war. Like, not like, you know, like one of these missile attacks happens like one morning, one week, in the middle of whenever, you're in the middle of an actual real war. This is a real war. And for example, my son, my oldest son, is on the front. He was up first guarding up north, and we'll dedicate this class to him and all the soldiers defending our people, defending Israel. Yeah, Barakitak Ben Masha, my son, was up north in Lebanon. He's part of San Khanim, paratrooper unit. And he was up there shooting down drones from the Lebanon border. And now, <coughs> Excuse me, he's on the border of Aza waiting to go in. 
I do not know what they're waiting for. And trust me, the sentiment in, the, in his unit, for sure, is they just want to go in already. They want to... They want to kill people. Not, not just kill people. They want to kill the enemy. People not. Enemy, yeah. That's important. One of the famous songs I was really into a band called Rage. Uh, they're not the most kosher band, but there's a good song there, Know Your Enemy. You have to know who your enemy is. And right now, Hamas is our enemy. And it's not just in, in the news. Hamas is in, our enemy is also our enemy in the Pasha, and it's gonna connect into intimacy. You can listen on if you don't make it back, no problem, yeah? Hamas is our enemy in the Pasha, it's in the intimacy realm. How's Hamas connected to intimacy? So I was just listening to a guy called Gedalia Fenster, and this is gonna explain this, this Netflix series a little bit as well, where they went wrong, unfortunately, at least for us, for us as the Jewish people, um, that Hamas, get their energy from us not being holy, not being like having intimate relationships in the right way, in the right time, in the right, with the right person. That's, they get their, their spiritual energy in the negative sense from that. Now, that means, as Kala Kavod to my son who's on the front, and big respect, big up respect to all those soldiers, but we, that makes us all soldiers, yeah? As long as you're a human being and you have ability to create, procreate, which most of us do, thank God, you have a sexual energy, which if you use right, makes the world a better place. And if you use wrong, gives power to people like Hamas. So you say, what's connected to my personal purity and Hamas? So we know in this week's Parsha, what happened to the Hamas when they were Ba'aretz, they were in the land, what happened? What did God do to that whole reality of people that were stealing each other wives and playing around and every virgin had to sleep with the... What happened? They all got killed, yeah. How? Through a flood. Now, we've been promised, thanks to the rainbow flag, and I don't mean the gay pride one, I mean the actual rainbow, we've been promised that the covenant, the bris, the bris between us, the Keshe, this rainbow, would, that Hashem would never do that to us again. He's never going to bring a flood that destroys the whole world except for... Now, you might say, oh, I'm not so sure, I believe... It. All right, it's in the Pasha... We're Jewish. We just went through Rosh Hashanah and Kippur Sukkot. We've seen miracles. We know this is something that's real, real time. It's streaming now, Pasha's Noach. And Hamas in, in the land, yeah, are making, are making trouble. So now let's bring it, into, bring it into the end of mind. We mentioned before, we're going through the, the uh, 10 habits or 7 habits of Stephen Covey, the 10 habits of truly effective Jews or Jews, however you want to call it, my version the idea of end in mind. Do you have a mission statement? Do you have a goal? Now, as I said, Hamas have their goal. They want to wipe us out. Kill us. Finished. As everyone knows. Yeah, but there's no, there's no like... Yeah. There's no, there's no moral... And then they're all singing around the whole world, as our friend just mentioned. There's no moral like equivalence. Like, I know there's different opinions out there, but just realize, guys, that it's a very clear mission by them. And the Jewish people also have a mission to be light to the nations, to, to as, we, as we have more Nobel Peace Prize people, we have geniuses, we, have, we can hopefully, with the help of God, cure cancer and bring all kinds of amazing blessings to the world. That's what our job, yeah? We do like amazing things, that's the Jewish people. We're the top in high tech, we're gonna help the whole self-driving car go into reality and you can just go through each technology, there's a Jew there. 
you, every technology company has a Jew involved. Every high-level development, emotionally, spiritually, there's Jewish people there. The whole mindfulness movement was run by Jews, yeah? You, did you know that? The whole mindfulness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're all like... Sound, I once was listening to a guy called T Tim... Tim... Uh, Tim Ferriss, he has a beautiful podcast, very intelligent. Check out Tim Ferriss, a very worthwhile listening person to listen to. And he had a bunch of Jews on his program. And he said, I just want to ask, why is it that all the mindfulness leaders sound like lawyers? Why? Because they're all Jewish. And they've got these lawyer-sounding names, because Jews happen to also be lawyers as well, as we know. So now, let's accept the who we are. Let's be real with that reality, that it's not like... It's not something to be unproud, it's actually something to be very proud of. I'm a Netzach, yeah, we're the eternal nation. You know, we need to get into that mindset. We need to get the morale in a high place right now. We need to know what we're here for. So all of you are on the front lines, not with the guns, but by working on yourself, becoming better people, being supportive to your friends who are on the front lines, letting know your family back there. You're all like ambassadors for Israel right now because people are asking you, yeah? I was getting phone calls on Shabbos when it happened. I was getting messages. My wife knows because the phone, we had to turn it on. I was getting phone calls, the whole Yom Tov, second day of Yom Tov, non-stop from everyone, messages. Like the whole world suddenly wakes up that I exist and I get, I'm still getting messages from people that I haven't spoken to for who knows how long. And they're suddenly, are you doing all right? Everything all right? I mean, I don't know how many times you get those questions. So you've got like a chance right now to like, be an ambassador, to say something meaningful to these people. Not just, yeah, I'm all right. You know, like superficial, whatever. No, there's much more to than just being all right. There's like a real situation going on here and I'm really feeling it. And I want you guys back there to be awake as well and to realize this is a global thing. There's also protests in your neighborhood and, you know, in London there's protests and in America there's protests against us as a people, as, as a right to exist in the Holy Land. And we have to realize this has now become a global phenomenon. This is just like before the war of, you know, the Second World War. Like the world's waking up either to destroy us or, or help us. And people are choosing sides. It's happening. Like I just did a video and I mentioned the fact that they changed Jordan Peterson's name to Juden Peterson. Why? Because he came out pro-Israel. So they called him Juden Peterson. Who called him? The anti-Semites. Yeah. This is like real stuff happening on all the levels of society. It's not just like an Israel issue. So even if they only talk about it for half an hour on their podcast, like Joe Rogan did, and then he goes off another three episodes and hardly talks about it, and he doesn't even really choose sides even. He just sort of stays somewhere in the middle. <coughs> but the point is it's on everyone's mind. Everyone's been affected by it, everybody. So they have their end in mind. They know what their mission statement is. Our mission statement has to be something significant, real. We spoke about it a little bit in the other classroom because they had a mission statement for Bnei Akiva, yeah? There is a mission statement somewhere. Yeah, Remember it? Okay, so it's important that they do that. They stick it on the wall, like we said, Bnei World, Bnei Akiva, Mechina, is preparing you for something. Like this is, you have to understand these words are, are not just, just put there for fun or because someone just thought, you know, we're just making an organization. There's usually a lot of intention and thought behind it. If you have a corporate company, their mission statement, they will have a whole team of experts to decide their, how they're going to brand and, and organize their, their mission for their company. So each of us individually, even in a certain way, we have to take it seriously. It's an important aspect of our life to give ourselves a purpose and mission. 
And in this week's Parsha, we see, for example, Noach, he has his mission. Now, he doesn't get it quite right. We know that. He doesn't, one, he doesn't save the world. Yeah? That's where he's criticized for, meaning only him and his family survived and the animals and the, the life force other than humanity. The rest of humanity is destroyed. So he doesn't succeed in that mission. Second one, he comes out and he starts getting a bit drunk. You know, the alcohol comes in and then he doesn't succeed in repopulating the world the best way. So then we're going to have some of those issues that were left before are going to come back out into the new world. Yeah? And we're still dealing with that now. Why? Because one of his sons was Ham. And Ham is the root word for Hamas. Ham is the root word, is the Shurish. Remember in Hebrew, everything's root. The root word for Hamas. So Hamas comes out from this nation of Ham. This nation that are into warmth and misabusing this holy part of humanity and and as they did, everyone knows what they were doing. I don't know if you've seen some of the interviews of the terrorists. Don't look at the images, they're horrible, but if you have, like the terrorists, after they've been captured and interrogated, I've seen a bunch of them, and they are so nonchalantly talking about the raping they did, and the killing, and the beheading, and don't want to get too graphic, but you know, them, by them, this is like, this is the mission, yeah? Now, would any of you do any of that? No. Okay, you're not going to rape, you're not going to behead anyone, you're not looking to kill like in a merciless way, you're not looking to kill innocent people. Our nation are a lot like that. We're different. Yeah, we have a different mission statement. They're raised like that until they're raised, literally. Yeah. As soon as they're born, they're raised to yeah. kill that. And what are we raised to do? To defend ourselves. So we're not raised to kill. We're not raised to kill. No, our army is, the, is IDF, is the Israel Defense Force. We're only defending, we're never attacking, never happened. So you already see just in our mission, even the name of the IDF has a mission. We're defending, not attacking. Hamas is violence. That's what it means, or stealing. Yeah? So they have in their name their mission, or Ham, which is to overly warm up towards desires that are not good. Our mission statement is shame, the name, purpose, having name, being Yehudim, Semites. That's why anti-Semites come from shame. Yes, shame from this week's Pasha, Noah's son, shame. Same, he was a, he was a Semite. Yeah? And we, one of the things that people are talking all about now, anti-Semitism, I want to give it one extra level. Let me tell you what my mission statement is. Yeah? And then we'll hear a little bit if you guys have any of your mission statement. My mission statement is soul. I want to bring more soul to the world. That's why I'm busy with the Unity Booking stuff. I want to make, bring artists, musicians, speakers, I don't know, have any of you seen Rudy Rochman on the news, Brown? Yeah. He's an activist, so he's one of my boys. Yeah, I was meant to just do, I just saw him at the Moshe Fest, and we had a, a nice cuddle there, and he's moved to Yushalayim, and now he's on the front lines. And his tour, obviously, is delayed. We're going to do something in England. We're going to have to wait till the right time and do it in the right time in England. That's what I was helping him with. He'll have a tour in the US. Hopefully, he'll get through this war, and we can do amazing things with him. His, his fame has already gone way up from this whole experience because he's really able to vocalize our message as a people and he's a great ambassador and I'm very proud to have him on part of my story. He's one guy, Rudy Rochman, yeah? Another guy, um, Shlomi Zeland, just starting to talk now, you'll start seeing him around. Who else from my crew? They're not, maybe not doing as much as everyone should be. I'm trying to put out the word personally, but the main point of my mission statement is bringing souls together that represent good values, unity, soulfulness. So now, 
if I would tell you, Hitler, was he a soulful guy? Machshemam, yeah? And who would he support in this current situation? Hamas. Who, where does his mission statement Hamas. align with? I don't think he would support them, to be honest. Huh? That's a good point. There is, there is obviously he was an Aryan person who believed in Aryan people. Okay, so that point I would agree. You'd agree? That point would be like, yeah. Okay, so, <coughs> excuse me. So now, by the way, I did bring some drink, just didn't get very far. Yeah. Uh, he asked me that, you know. Um, so, uh, sorry man, if, I, if it was allowed, I'd like bring a few stacks, yeah, don't drink and teach, and uh, yeah, I don't think they'd like it. Anyway, yeah, I did that in a yeshiva, and eventually someone did say something. Yeah. You'd think no one would say something, but there's always some. Oh yeah? Oh, no one's around right now? No, they're on that. So, like, yeah, we, we look, we did have a nice kiddish. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that blue label, you know, suddenly appeared from the Yemenite shoe. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I had a few beers with you guys at my house, whoever yeah, came, yeah. but. Um, just, I drank a lot. That's, I mean, everyone needed a drink after that morning, but. Just to get to back to the idea, without being like Noah and getting overly drunk, yeah, because he ended up castrated, the whole story. We, we have to, like, everything in its right time, right place. And my thing is of soulism. I feel like the whole movement right now in the world is anti-soulism. It's not anti-Semitism. Yeah, it is anti-Semitism, but it's really at a higher level. It's anti-soul. They don't want people of soul to have any soul in the world. They want to destroy it. What, what does a soul do for it? What did Hitler write in Mein Kampf that soul does that he doesn't like? What does it bother about him? What would you say he connects to it? His words are in his book, if you ever read it, is consciousness. He hates the fact you have, you have, you have a, a guilty conscience. If the soul constantly talks to you and says, but what about you have a soul? You're a spiritual being. You have a purpose. You, there's humanity. There's a bigger cause for humanity than just, you know, pillage and stealing and raping, there's a bigger purpose than just immediate pleasures, yeah? That's what the soul keeps telling you. And he doesn't want that voice in his head. He wants to just feel totally at peace with being pure evil. That's Hitler, Machshima. So he wanted to wipe out the people that remind him there's a soul. If he wipes out the people that reminds him there's a soul, then he has pure peace of mind. Remember I said to you about the idea of sitting on the beach with a martini. It's not just the great setting or the penthouse. I've had that before. What makes it work is having the peace of mind, that the eight Sahara is not making you crazy, yeah? It's not making you like, the inner, the inner space is in a good space. The, relate, the person you're with, you're really with. Like, that's another point. Not only do you have to have your own mission, I have my mission statement, but my wife has hers. My soulmate has hers, and it's not exactly like mine, let's be honest. She's not like, she's not running my booking agency and making speeches and, and events and, she doesn't write about soul. She, her mission statement is vitality for the soul. She's an exercise teacher. She does Magandavadadam. She's a volunteer. She's helping all the time during the, during the week of Sukkot. Yeah, I, uh, you want to get it? We're all here together, why not? No problem, brother. So I was like, 
sawing out the sukkah, and the knife went into my hand. Blood starts going on. Yeah, like squirting out. My wrist, yeah. So my my wife comes running down, and I'm trying not to get blood everywhere, like over my clothes and all the house and stuff. My son's asleep. Imagine now, he's waking up to me like blood shooting out my wrist. Yeah, like oh, what's going on? He's like lying on the couch. Like, what? And my, my wife comes flying in, grabs my wrist, holds the point, bleeding like you should, stops the bleeding, always put pressure at the place of bleeding, and it just stopped. It was great. It, it was like as if nothing, I had to get somewhere like that moment, just doing the last thing I needed to do. And then I was like, great, put plaster on, off I go. No mat, ambulance, no whole sob story, like just get on with life. Because she's, she's more about vitality of the soul. That's more her mission statement, yeah? Of, of well-being and, and emotional well-being. If I would sum it up, that's why I'd say hers. Now, that's a good balance. Because, that remember, when you're looking for your other half, we're talking about end of mind, having a mission statement for the guys who just came now. We're saying that Hamas have a really crazy mission statement to kill us. We are going to have a mission statement on each of us and as a people that's obviously not like that. It's a bit much better than theirs, that's for sure. But we have to be as all-in as they are. Because they're all-in. Like... I was listening to a podcast today. They went into the war with Israel. We'll get back to the, to the woman thing in a minute. They went back into the war with Israel. They didn't come with like water flasks or any, anything that you would think so they could get back. Because usually when you siege a place or you go into another country, you have a whole you know, pillage and way to get back. So the, no, no. The, there was a whole group of them who wanted a kidnap. And they had the means to get back. There was a bunch of them went, kitted out, not to return. Meaning they were, they were going there to just no. die. Yeah, they were going there to die. That means that's how all in these crazy MFs are. Yeah? All yeah? The, like big time. All yeah? the, they really are. They're like all in. Go on. I saw a lot of like the Iranian forces in Syria that were divided into two groups. Basically with one being... Basically, people with well, like you that have been fighting wars since they were like five. Yeah. So that they just go and they're crazy in the head to so just run and they get killed all the time. Yeah. And then they have like their actual fighters, which. Okay, yeah, so they have a strategy like that. And they learned from the Iranians, I think. I think the people who trained them. Iranians the people who trained the Hamas forces to do what they just did, because it was a planned attack. As I said, they have a mission statement. It, it, was, it was a planned story, yeah? Sorry, man. So, uh, yeah, so that's where we're at. Now, get back to the woman story, yeah? Now, you need to find a woman that has some sort of mission statement. But remember, it's not going to be yours. This is an important trick. People don't know this. Yeah, this is why, like, I was telling the guys, it just, it just turned up. I, I, I did some research this last month. I, I went through the Netflix thing, Sex Education. You seen it? No. Good. Um, so now, I went through it, and... Like, they don't really have such clear values, mission statements. Like, it's very sort of all over the place. And that, you can see why they get into all over the place relationships. Everything's a bit of a mess. A lot of emotions, a lot of like, you know, they slowly get somewhere maybe, but it's almost like not even realistic anymore by the end of it. Like, it's, like it just gets a bit like fuzzy, you know. It's not really like real life, kind of. If you, if, you know, it got worse in a way. It was like real characters, and then it just went off the edge. Yeah, it feels like it's just made up. Yeah, just a bunch of fancy nonsense, yeah? There's no such place. It's too much. Too much. Like, there's no way that OTT, and that's where the value, that's where a lot of movies have been criticized recently, 
Like people said about Barbie. I hope none of you saw Barbie. Please, none of you saw Barbie. You saw it? <laughs> so Barbie, I begged my wife not to go see it because she grew up loving Barbie. It was, it's just like they, they've, they're making too much of an effort with this whole woke business, you know? But then, once again, if we're going to be honest, like Hamas, Mahshimah, they're all in with their philosophy to the point where they won't even have a good movie anymore, or a good series, or a good documentary. They'll just be all about their agenda. They're all in. Now, the problem is, a lot of the people who are good valued, like us, I hope, B'nai Akiva people, or Eretz Yisrael people, the problem is of us, we're like not totally all in, I would say, generally. Now, this war is going to make us all in, whether we want to be or not. And we're going to have to be all in to survive now the next time of our life. That's just where the world's heading. So it's pushing us now, and I believe this is coming from God, because I believe in God, and I believe he's running the world, not them. God is pushing the world, especially our people, to become more all in. But the most important thing to be all in is to have the clarity. I really hope, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur Sukkot, you all got some clarity about what you're about. Now remember, the first class we did was about being proactive. So I would say that's a pretty important mission statement, being kind, being caring. If you want a relationship with another person in this world, you're going to have to be thinking beyond yourself. As I said, the other half is not going to be like you. They're going to want to do the same things. They're not going to have the same interests. There's going to be some core values that, are, that connect. But there's going to, as I said, they're a different nation. We mentioned this last time. They really are. Everyone agreed with that. I remember when we spoke last time. The women are like another nation. They're like different. And in order to have... No, because otherwise if you think they're going to be like you or they, they, spend, they make too much of an effort to please you, to be what you want, then they're not really going to be happy that way. It has to come... There's a, there's a true connection and a respect for each other's differences and values and ways of being and ability to work together. That's really like, you know, people talk about peace in the world. The hardest place to first get peace is between you and your soulmate. You'll see that. That's really where the real challenge is. And it's a daily thing. Now you get that sorted out, then you can start making peace in your community. Then you can start making peace in the nation and then you can start making peace in the world. A lot of these people, like I would say, let's just say, uh, imagine Hamas. I don't think their wives and their husbands are living so peacefully. I believe it's a very, like, uh, I don't want to say too much, but I assume the man pretty much runs the show and the woman's at his beck and call, I assume, on certain levels. Now, if they've become a bit wokeized, so then it becomes the other way around. The woman's the one running the thing. But where it's all messed up is that neither have respect for the other in, a, in the truest sense. They're not really seeing each other. It's all about their agendas and how to make peace between agendas. We're not about that. We're about learning to see the beauty in each other's mission, in each other's soul. This is something which will really make a difference. Like once, but the, you can't really do it until you've figured out your own. This is the problem. This is the first step. That's why we have to step back. We can't have a public victory until we've first got a private victory. That's going to be the name of the class. You know, I'm not going to call it mission statement because that's obvious. I want all of us in Israel, in the Jewish people, and firstly, even more so, personally, each one of us in Bnei Akiva, to have a personal victory. Whatever that means. That means, we mentioned happiness, the key to happiness, we put it on the chat, is self-control on some level. Why? Because now you have self-mastery. You mentioned Bruce Lee. You want to have, be a master of your, you have to be a, a master at least of yourself before you can master anything else. Yeah, so that takes a lot of self-development. You know, like, 
you see on these like programs, I don't know like what it was like for you like the whole month of Tishrei. As I said, it was a holy time, and now we're going into the winter time. It's like different vibe. I don't know if you guys have you experienced it here. I don't know how the program was. I mean, you tell me. Was it like legit? Like they did it cool. They you felt like they you experienced something special here spiritually, like Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. So we, we weren't in, we weren't here Rosh Hashanah. We were only here Yom Kippur. It was Kol Kol Ami and Bukri. It wasn't here. You were in Israel. So wherever you were in Israel, I'm sure there's. It was pretty spiritual wherever you are. It doesn't have to be in the program. No, Tel Aviv. No, I mean I had I had like a guy, a student of mine. He was like in McDonald's on your on Rosh Hashanah, and he was trying. He was like from a Hasidic family, and he was trying to get away from all that. Came to like a more like whack, whacked out program where there was like drug dealers like as the main you know key players in the yeshiva that kind of place yeah and he went to i was working there and he went to mcdonald's on Oshana to buy tray food like that's how he was feeling that day and standing there in the restaurant next to him was a chabad guy blowing the chauffeur and he was like i just wanted to get away from this and now i had to hear the chauffeur in mcdonald's buying tray it's like sometimes you can't get away from it whether you want to get be involved or not it's just part of the energy of it as well yeah so Anyway, but I never, I do feel all of you must have had some moment. There's always like a moment. I don't know what, like you have a very happy family and you're like, wow, this is cool. I like really relate to this. Or you're at a really good, like, you know, Kotel experience or everyone has their moment. Yeah. Even during this war, it's been the morale, especially of the young people has been amazing from what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing around and around. Like all the famous guys are going around singing for everyone. And there's like a lot of, Unity, a lot of good energy, yeah? yeah? Even though it's very sad as well. Like, there's also a lot of mourning and crazy stuff going on, and crazy stories, but, and people are missing, and it's, it's crazy, but at a certain level, like, there's a lot of, like, motivation to create the right morale. And once again, this is about mission. Like, in, your, in the army, you have to have a mission. So I do believe, even if you're not officially in the army, like, you're not signed up in the green uniforms or the guns, you're in our army. I was a teenager, and I, I don't miss those days, it's not easy, but, no it isn't, because you've got like, all the hormones, everything's everyone kicking off. Everyone says the opposite, they're like, we wish we were teenagers. No, no, no. I, I live like, in terms of the energy of a teenager, having that young like vibe, that I'm into. But the confusion of being a teenager, yeah, like nah, I don't want that again. Yeah, no thanks. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you are teenagers now, like all the feelings, you don't know what to do, like the drives, like it's all new, like, huh? Yeah, yeah some people, you know, peak at that age, at 13. I was already pretty peaking pretty young. So by the time I was 16, 17, I'd like had enough of that stuff, you know? I'd already like done enough by that point. So it was pretty funny, like I, I did my teenage years pretty condensed. But uh, so I already made big life choices already at 17, 18, 19. I was already in Israel. I was already very focused and I had a mission. So yeah, I grew up quick in that sense. But what I'm saying is that each and everyone's gonna do it in their own way, in their own time. One of the things we mentioned last time is you have to sit down with a paper or if anyone has pen and paper anymore, with your phone, write, write it down on a Word doc or if you have some, I don't know what app it is, you can write notes, write down your mission statement, write a title, 
what do you want in this life? Write a title, and then underneath, write like how you're going to get there. Like any company has like a quarterly goals, yeah? You need to make a system of how you're going to achieve some of these missions. This is going to be very important for the next class. We're going to talk about priorities. We mentioned it last time. We're going to get to priorities. Priorities. What's your priorities in life? Who's your priority? Who's it? What are you here for? What's your first things first? Because you can't get to the private victory until you've done these three steps. You can't get to your personal success until you first become a kind, giving person like we mentioned last time. You've figured out what your goals, values, and dreams are. And thirdly, you're now bringing it into your daily schedule. It's become part of your life. You're living it. Like you have a very successful schedule. When I was your age already, I was running every day. I know I don't like it now, but God forbid me. I need to do more exercise. There's a pool opening up. I'm blaming it on the pool in the frat. I don't know if you heard about it, but it's been opening up for about six years. So eventually when that opens up, I'll be in there swimming and you'll suddenly see this slim guy walking in like I used to be. But until then, when I was your age, I was exercise, running, jogging, like a soldier running along the beach when I was in Brighton. But it doesn't matter where I was. In Yeshiva, I used to run around all of Israel. Like when I came to Yeshiva, I was biking. I know it's a bit more dangerous these days, but back in the day, I'd go to Lifter, which is like this place as you enter Jerusalem, and I'd ride down there and go for a dunk and then ride back up. And it was good times. I really enjoyed the land. You know, you have to get out there like a little bit. I know once again with safety and everything, but wherever's safe, but just use the campus, use the, the environment to, to like... Be like a David Goggins kind of vibe of like beating up your inner B-I-T-C-H, yeah? You have to like shout at yourself a little bit, get yourself moving. Like be army sergeant for yourself a little bit. Another thing is I was very into the gym. I don't know if you guys work out. It's so important to like release all those hormones, all that extra energy that you're getting as a teenager and even when young 20s as well. Just to release that whole side of yourself. Even when Joe Rogan's doing it in his 50s, you have to keep going, yeah? The idea is, I, before I came here, I, before I, I literally had a shower, just before I had the shower, I do my quick workout. Yeah? I do a bunch of press-ups and, you know, um, I have a bunch of, you know, what do you call them? Dumbbells. Yeah, curls. I did a bunch of curls. <coughs> do a, whatever. Quickly, before I go into the shower, just to get, you know, muscles, body moving. And it, it's important. You have to, you have to these are, this is the kind of soldier-style life but it comes together with having goals, values, dreams. You first have to know what you're doing it for. Why do you need to have this healthy body? Because I want to be, have a long, healthy life. I want to be a soulful person, but I need to balance it out. That's what I was saying about the woman. My wife balances out my more soulful, abstract way of being. because She brings me down back to earth. And I asked her, I told her that I'm going to be doing this class. And we've got a bat mitzvah. I mentioned my youngest daughter, Mindel. Tova, she's having her bat mitzvah tonight, tomorrow. We're going to make a party Wednesday with the community. Thank God I took her to London. I took her to a party with the family in Israel just before this war. Thank God we timed it over Sukkot perfectly. That She's got to see all the key people. And we're going to do something in Frat now the next day or so. So the idea, you know, we're busy. You know, there's a lot going on. But I asked my wife in the busyness of all this, I asked my son, I said, I'm going to teach, you know, I'm going to hang out with the guys now. I just got a confirmation. And she said to me, ask them where they're at. Where are you guys at? Like what you, that's what she, her comment back to me, because she always brings me back down. I'm talking about abstract, the partial, this, that. She's like, no. And that's very important that your other half will do that for you. She'll help you become more practical, more real, face your emotions, stuff you don't really want to do. 
feels like a pain in the neck, but really it's going to help you become a better person. And that's really the key. Gedalia says like this, Gedalia Fenster. He said, don't find a trophy wife. Yeah, I know what a trophy wife is. Yeah? Like yeah. these gold diggers, yeah? With the nice, you come, they see you with your, you know, whatever it is. You tell me the car, yeah? There's so many cool cars nowadays. I mean, and the electric ones as well. Huh? What cars? The Bugatti. Bugatti, yeah. Well, you're getting a bit of Andrew Tate now. Yeah. Huh? He's our enemy now, yeah. 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 Andrew Tate, shame. He lost, lost the Jewish vote. Shame. <laughs> anyway, you've got your nice Ferrari, whatever it is. Brand new Tesla. And the gold digging girl, the trophy lady, she's there. Why? Because you've got money and she's got, you know what I'm saying, yeah? <laughs> trophy wife, yeah? Now, what, you don't want that woman because she's not really there for you. She's there for your things, yeah? What do you want? You want a woman that's going to win you trophies. You get the difference? You hear this guy on my hat? This guy on the hat, don't forget that line. This guy on my hat, Michael Jordan, I'm sure he married someone who helped him win. Yeah? He definitely had a mother who helped him win. You've got to have people in your life to help you win. Huh? No, he had a way. The, the film, if you've seen it, I don't know, yeah, documentaries. Yeah, yeah, Last Dance. He had people in his life who helped him win. It wasn't just him. You've got to have people who help you win. That's what it's about. No problem, man. So that, that's a big key to someone supports your goals and values and dreams. You have to find those kind of people. And um, that would make sense in the kind of woman you're looking for. Someone who's going to win you trophies, going to make you a success. And remember, success is always you know, relevant to who you are and what you're going through. Okay, so since my wife told me now, it's your turn. What are you, where are you at? Where are you up to? What's going on? You're going through a war? Like, I don't know. Like, I personally, I felt my sex drive go ooh, down. Like, down curve when this all kicked off. It's not like the most romantic vibes, you know? When you're hearing about people being raped and, you know, it sort of kicks in. Unless you're a sicko, it kicks your head. It makes that whole energy just dissipate. I, I feel like that's, you know, like, like the last on your mind. When there's a siren going off, you're not thinking about that, yeah? But nevertheless, it's not all sirens, thank God. We're not being killed and raped right this moment. And so um, being a human man... Well, yeah, man, they they do be raped. Yeah, no, they do. Saddam, uh, Saddam. They can do that also, yeah. They can't... What? Maybe. I don't know. They did it to kids, maybe. I don't know. I'd rather not get into it. It's also haram. Yeah. But we want to do that. The key is... Look, one, we have to remember. Our purity... Our purity as a people has been attacked, literally. Like, the image of Am Yisrael as a lady being raped by this beast of a person is really, like, unfortunately what just took place. Now, we can go on. We can get back to purity. We can get back to happy days and peace on, the, peace on earth. There's a way out of this. It's going to take a painful path. But there's a, there is, because we have a mission and a goal, and we're all in, it's not just, like, you know, half in. We're all in. We're ready for this, like, real. This is a class. We're all in. Yeah? This is not just, like, you know, a walk in the park. So now each of you need to think about where am I? What's my mission statement? How can I be all in a bit more? Everyone with little steps, yeah? We don't want to take too big steps because then you just don't do anything. You've got to, like, take small steps. I'll give an example. My son, on the day of... Um, that horrible, tragic day, which was really meant to be a beautiful Yom Tov, even though 
I did still experience the Yom Tov, but nevertheless, it wasn't. It was a terrible day historically. And even though Hashem's like, Eino Mavale is telling us there's nothing else but me and the opposite. Yeah, it's like pain. So on that day, my son had to get in a car. He's a keeps Shabbos. Drive up the hill to get a blessing from me before he goes off to the army. I haven't seen him since, like in face to face. We've talked a little bit. He hugged me. I gave him a bracha. I was in a bombshell to that moment because there'd just been a siren before that. And he gets back in the car with his gun and everything, drives off, picks up his captain, does a whole drive around and around and around. Where's he end up? In, before he gets to Jerusalem, he ends up going into a place called Givat Zev. The, the machson comes down, smashes the window when he's driving with the captain and, and on a mission to, before getting to the base, smashes the, the window. Now the car, he wasn't, you know, it wasn't his car, it's my daughter's car. And, you know, it was a crazy day. Thank God there was no prosecution, nothing happened, the police, nothing. Everything was cool. But we had a broken car. Not only that, now he had to leave it in the central bus station. He had to get there quickly and get straight to his base. So now the car's just sitting in a central bus station. You tell me, a car sitting in a central bus station anywhere in the world, what's going to happen to it? Stolen. Stolen, towed. Yeah, yeah, tickets, this and that. I'm not going to say thank you Hashem, but it was a thank you Hashem in a certain sense because everyone's busy with the war, so no one's giving tickets or towing or anything. So we came there straight after Shabbat, saw the car, the smashed window and everything. Baruch Hashem is there. We get in it, it's able to drive. The glass hasn't come in. It's just cracked all, like, right all the way through, but not to the point where it's coming into the car. We drive it back home. And we ask around the community, what do you do with such a thing? They all tell us, now this is like the small steps. This is the small steps of making the world a better place. They take out their time and they tell us, there's a place in Taupia, you go there, you give them your insurance, they'll fix it. No questions asked. And they did. Today it got fixed. So even though it's a week later, and it's a small victory, but it means my daughter has a working car now. We didn't have to pay anything. My son managed to do what he had to do. He felt very guilty and he was worried that he'd have to pay my daughter back money for the fix. Didn't have to, doesn't, he's not going to have to pay anything. Everything's cool. Like, these are smaller victories. How do we know about the place? Because people in the community take time out to care about each other. Even during a war, they'll make it take a minute to message us and tell us or phone us or, pick a, or discuss it. They said, I saw your message about it. This is the idea. We're all looking out for each other. This is the Jewish people. This is at a time of war. Small victory leads to big victories. Because if everyone is functioning better, then we'll be able to defeat our enemy. That's all the chasodim going. I was helping an organization called Jesuan Chesed. They raised over a million dollars for the soldiers this last week. Maybe it's even more now. Yeah, The guy I mentioned before, Gedalia Fenster, the one who said the trophy wife, rather get a wife that wins your trophies, that line. He raised, um, I think it's now 120,000, something like that now. He's basically, it's over, I think he's got $64,000 worth of donations and he's doubling it, what he's giving. So that would be 128,000, I think, where he's at right now. So he's giving towards, I mean, this is like the amount of mobilization of the Jewish people in America and the world, and a lot of my people from London and, and Europe, they've been giving, giving, giving. Because they want us to succeed, they want us to win. You understand? That's the people. They're the ones that are going to help us win trophies. We're in this together. This is the idea. We have a mission statement. You know your goals are bigger than just what Hamas won, which is destroy us. Your goals are... And a rabbi once said this. We'll end on this point. 
It's world domination. That's what the Jewish people want. But not in an evil way. We don't want to can't rule the world for, for evilness. What do we want? What's the world domination we want? What's it about? Yeah. Goodness, man. We're only here to help everyone. Everyone's going to love us. They're going to be like, like the, half the world is. They're going to be helping us. They're on our side. Ultimately, it'll be the whole world. The whole world's going to be with us. It's not going to be world domination like, like a dictator, God forbid. It's going to be, they're going to want us to be in a position of inspiration and knowledge to help the world reach a higher place. It's not going to be world domination in the, the negative sense. It's going to be the light that we have to offer will come forth and they will want it. They will want to learn from us. It says there's going to be thousands of non-Jews hanging off our sitzes, if you have them. Yeah? It's going to be thousands. I mean, one of the things they've been doing in Efrat, in Shirat David, I don't know if you know, but they've been making thousands of pairs of sitzes for the soldiers. Yeah. And these thousands. You did it? Yeah, that's Oh, that day. But they're still doing it. They're on the third, third cycle already. And there's been thousands of dollars donated for this. And people are wearing sitzes. And people who are not religious are wearing sitzes because they want to have the protection. And ultimately, we're going to teach the world everything about our, our uniqueness, our special mission. Now, to get back to intimacy, if you could take that documentary now, or whatever it is, that funny program on Netflix, you can see that they're just so lost in these kind of things. Like, I don't know if anyone comes out of that with a solid relationship, anybody. I think they're all just broken relationships at the end of it. So that shows they might have their so-called values that they, woo-woo, you know, they're like all proud about. But they, at the end of the day, none of them have actually come out with long-lasting relationships that, they, that, that mean anything long-term. Our relationships are eternal. That's what I'm trying to say. Our connection with the other half is, a, is an eternal thing. And all of us have that ability to find that in this world. That's my promise to all of you. You will find your soulmate. And there'll be challenges. And you'll say, well, what about the one that got divorced? Okay, so you'll find your real soulmate. That might have been like a level of a soulmate, but not the final, ultimate soulmate. There's levels, yeah? So there's different zvugim. There's different souls who you're going to connect with. Ultimately, if you want it, you will get it. If it's your goal to find your soulmate, and that's a big part of this course, if you have that as part of your mission statement, that you want to find your soulmate, I had it as part of mine. That's all those stories I told you about in university, all those stories where girls were like trying to jump into bed with me and I said no, like real stuff. No, I'm not just I'm being honest, yeah? All those stories, I'll send a picture. I did some modeling for the WWF, yeah? I'll send Heartbreak, I was, I was modeling the Heartbreak Kid. Who remembers him? Sean Hart. Sean Hart? Anyone remember Sean Hart? Remember, I'm too old, yeah? Sean Hart like, was like the, he was called the Heartbreak Kid. I was modeling his stuff. Like he had to be a good looking dude to wear his, to wear his clothes and model him. So I used to do that. WWF is WWE nowadays. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Red Wrestling Entertainment, yeah? So I'll send a picture on the chat. But the point is that I always had a, an interest to find my soulmate, and that's what kept all those silly, like, potential relationships that would have just wasted my time. That kept them away. Because if it wasn't a deeper, real thing... I mean, I wasn't like that originally. As, a young, as I said, I got it out of my system young. But once I started maturing and realized that, you know, around your age, I was already aware of it, that, and I did know my soulmate by that point. I was very close with her. I met her in the gym because I was disciplined doing exercise. I wasn't just smoking pot all day and or weed or whatever, just sitting on the couch playing video games. I had, even then in that world, I had, a, I had, a, had more structure to my day. Yeah? So now like, 
No, I'm just saying. So like, what, what that's where I met my soulmate in the gym. Yeah, in good shape. You know, you're going to meet your wife. You want to be like looking your best. You don't want to be like some flabby, you know, like, you know, half asleep stonehead. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm serious. This, you want to make a good impression. First impressions last. Yeah. <laughs> Some women like they, they there's this whole thing they like to like find the guy they think they can change and nurture and all that stuff, but it doesn't usually work. So they get disappointed in the the results generally, and then they get really pissed off about it. Um, and then you have to deal with that. Um, so it's better just to be in a to be in your ultimate state, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, as best as you can be. And now that that mission begins now, like it's not something that, and it began before you came here also. So my, my blessing for you guys, write down some sort of mission statement, even if it's short. If you want to talk to me about it, message me. I'm happy to be DM'd and discuss it. You know, it's, I have mine clear. It's, it's all over my, everything I do, my branding, my work, this class. It's all about bringing it to your real life how to make it practical so it starts impacting your life. We'll talk about that more next time. And that will help you tune in to that other person because the more good place you are, the more good place she'll be in. And if you're like playing around, she'll be playing around. Like, and no one wants a girl playing around. Let's just be honest, yeah? So, uh, and that happened to me. I was playing around and the, my... First real long girl relationship, she was playing around. But I started it, cause, and that's what it led to. And that's a heartbreaker, if you really care about the other person. So, uh, and you don't want to go there. It's a painful process. So, anyway, everyone should be blessed with, uh, you know, with good news. And we should pray for, again for all our soldiers. Do what you can to be help the cause. Come make some sitzes or whatever it is. Be an ambassador. Talk to your family back home. That you're proud about this. If they live here already, give them the support they need. Every parent's going through crazy thoughts right now. Things are unstable. Have a little bit of mercy on your parents as well because they're probably freaking out a little bit. Have mercy on the staff here because they're literally miluim. They're like, you know, make it easy for them. Don't like try to burn down the dorms during this time period or something, you know? Or make crazy parties. Like, make it easy for them. Just have a little bit of mercy. That's your contribution. Each of you can contribute by making it a little bit easier for everyone around. And, you know, my contribution is by being here because I feel that you guys are an important part of the Jewish army. And, uh, yeah, win the battle, man. Let's, let's win. Let's, let's win in to win. Let's go. Thank you very much. Thank you. Pleasure.